Welcome to the AFW College Podcast. We're back with some more encouraging content to help you walk with Jesus during your college years. My name is Jordan Ramirez, and across from me is a wise and handsome man who goes by the name of Ben Moss. Pastor Ben, how are you doing this morning, sir? I'm doing great, Jordan. It's good to see you this morning. Your descriptors of me, man, are just... I, I need to just come in for podcast recording to get some encouragement for my day. Yeah, Ben's you. trying to make this a daily occurrence, not just a <laughs> weekly occurrence, I guess. Um uh, no, but I'm so excited. Hey, is it okay with you if we just jump into this conversation? Because we've been leading up to this for a few weeks. Yes. I'm just ready to I'm ready to go for it at this point. Let's do uh, it. Ben and I have been spending the last three episodes uh, on this topic of spiritual gifts. We started a discussion on hearing the voice of God, which set the foundation for conversation exclusively on the uh, spiritual gift of prophecy. And today we're going to just blow that open into a full discussion <laughs> on the gifts of the Spirit. We won't get to all of them. Uh, but we will get to a significant portion of them. More specifically, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be offering some knowledge on a section of the gifts known as the manifestational gifts, these ways that the Spirit manifests uh, in us. But before we do that, Ben, why don't you help us kind of understand why are we talking about spiritual gifts? Uh, what are they? <laughs> and what are they for? Help us kind of make sense of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, great question. The, the why question is a big one, and that was one of the questions I was asking in college. Uh, why talk about this? What are they, and what are they used for? And, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, as I encouraged our listeners earlier, great place to camp out if you want to talk some yeah. about spiritual <laughs> gifts. But verse 1 in 1 Corinthians 12 kind of answers this question, why? And Paul, speaking to the church at, at, at Corinth, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren— uh, I love that brethren, brethren, you know, very formal there. Uh, I do not want you to be ignorant. Okay, so Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament, right? Mm -hmm. And he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant, yeah. all right? And so in other words, Paul's like, hey, there's a purpose for spiritual gifts. There, mm -hmm. There's a reason that we have them. There is really good things uh, that come from them. So Paul's not saying, I don't want you to be, don't be stupid. Okay, he's right. just saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want to pull you in. I don't want you to be uneducated about the gifts. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's so important for us to do podcasts like this, where we create opportunities to have conversation uh, about spiritual gifts and uh, to unpack them some. Now, that word spiritual from the spiritual gifts, it comes from the Greek word pneumatic, which means empowered by the breath or the wind of God, like, mm -hmm. a, like a mighty rushing wind. Mm -hmm. And so basically, Paul's saying, now concerning gifts that are empowered by the breath of God. And that's important for us to lay that as a foundation because if we want to walk in the gifts, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to breathe on us, mm -hmm. in us and through us. Uh, and that's how uh, the spiritual gifts get worked out in our lives. And, you know, I also just want to say here on the front end uh, that spiritual gifts and every one of the ones that we're going to talk about uh, this morning, uh, they're for the glorification of Jesus. Yes. Remember uh, last week I said with prophets, Prophecy, one of my points was prophecy is less about you mm -hmm. and it's more about him. Yeah. Well, here we go again. Spiritual <laughs> gifts are less about you and they're more about him. Yes. And we'll unpack a little bit uh, more for us with some examples of how they're used to glorify Jesus. Yeah. And with that, you know, as we uh, we did give an entire episode to prophecy. So so go and go and listen to that and it'll make sense kind of why we did that as you listen to that. But we just want to say up front right here is that we we love 
love every single spiritual gift and yes. we, we need every single spiritual gift. We believe that they are all unique and equal before God and we celebrate all of them. We don't celebrate certain gifts over others. We we need every member of the church walking yes. in their gift. And what the enemy really tries to do is try to get the, the attention on specific gifts, the ones that look the totally. coolest, the ones that are most obvious, the ones that are less weird, whatever, you know, like, like prophecy or tongues. But I don't think the focus <laughs> should be on one kind of gift, uh, yes. but on all the gifts, because they're all, they're all for God's glory. They're Amen. all for the edification of uh, the church and all for the glory of Jesus. So, yeah, Ben, get us started. Uh, we're talking about these manifestational gifts. What are those? Where do those come from? Lay those out. Lay that out for us. Yeah, that's great. Well, in general, uh, Jordan, I think I've found now I'm not a uh, super scholar, okay, but okay. In, in some of my research I found uh, <laughs> that some scholars like to divide the gifts into three different categories. You've got manifestational gifts, which come from 1 Corinthians 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about those specifically on this podcast. Uh, the second category is motivational gifts. Those come from Romans 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the gifts of the exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, prophecy, service, and teaching. Mm-hmm. And the last category are ministerial gifts, uh, and that's from Ephesians 4. Uh, of the apostle, evangelism, pastor, prophecy, and then teaching again. So for the sake of our conversation, mm-hmm. uh, we're just going to narrow in on manifestational gifts. And the reason these are called manifestational is because they're manifestations of the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty straightforward. Well, <laughs> so well the worded. the best yeah. definition that we have of these manifestational gifts, I think, comes in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11. You ready to jump into the Word? Let's do it. Let's do it. Verse 7, it says this, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each, each one, for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, Mm. distributing to each one individually as he wills. Amen. I love that as he wills, right? Mm -hmm. It's up to the Spirit um, to release these gifts on us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just a few things I want to point out from this passage. The first one is that that word each, all right? Uh, If you and I, Jordan, aren't each, Mm -hmm. which we probably are because we're walking with Jesus, Mm -hmm. then we get to participate in this conversation about spiritual gifts. Uh, Second thing is that, I love this, you don't have one of these gifts, mm-hmm. right? That's why we don't go around telling people, I have the prophetic word, right? <laughs> or I have the healings, okay? <laughs> uh, you, you don't have them. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit has all of them. And that's why they're about God, yeah, right? They're about Him. Uh, but what we do is, because of God's grace in our lives, He allows us sometimes to minister in these gifts. Mm -hmm. So we minister in the gift of healing, or we minister in the gift of faith. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us and empowers us to do that. Um, So we've got a lot of different gifts that are mentioned here in 1 Corinthians 12, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm just going to focus in on six of them that are mentioned. I'm going to provide a little definition uh, for each one, and then I'm going to unpack that a little bit more scripturally and use a little personal example. That sound good? Sounds great. Let's do it. All right. So number one, Word of wisdom, okay? Mm -hmm. Word of wisdom is a divine answer or solution 
per, for a particular event. Mm-hmm. Divine answer or, for, or solution for a particular event. Now, word of wisdom and word of knowledge that I'm going to discuss here um, are often called discerning gifts, right? Because they give you discernment about a particular situation. Um, now, uh, I'm only going to go through six, and I can't go into a ton of depth on these, but I do just want to say that Jesus operated in each one of these different gifts, right. all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a great biblical example of a word of wisdom comes in Matthew 22 when the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus, and they ask him, is it right to pay a tax to Caesar or not? And Jesus replies, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's, mm-hmm. okay? So he doesn't answer their question directly. He doesn't give a worldly answer. Mm-hmm. Instead, he responds with heavenly insight and wisdom. And then, based on his answer, the the crowd responds, when they heard this, they were amazed. Yeah, They were <laughs> astonished at his wisdom. They were astonished at his ability to address things from a perspective that was not worldly, yeah. that was from on high. Mm-hmm. So that's a good example of Jesus operating in a word of wisdom. Yeah. So question for you, Jordan. Would you be okay if Jesus gave you a word of wisdom for something you need in your life? I can think of a few things that I could use that for, yeah. <laughs> Amen. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Amen. Me too, brother. <laughs> uh, absolutely. You know, as I was thinking about a uh, word of wisdom, uh, I was reminded uh, about 10 years ago I was in Asia. And uh, we were setting up a summer to go and uh, start a brand new Antioch church. And uh, it was specifically designed for reaching young people. And so when we were uh, about to go, we started to pray and ask the Lord uh, where we should uh, start this new church, like what location uh, we should be in. And, you know, we really wanted it to be like, hey, let's be in like a trendy part of this city where we were going to go because we were going to reach young people and we were going to roll up our skinny jeans. And, you know, it was just going to be a great, great time. Um, And we kept praying for wisdom. We kept seeking the Lord. And, and nothing was coming. And we were like, okay, I guess we'll just do church in our apartment. You know, it was we were just kind of believing God, but not feeling like we're getting any clarity. Then one day I was spending some time with the Lord, and I felt like the Lord brought this verse to my mind, Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And I felt like the Lord said this new church is supposed to be like a city on a hill that will not be hidden that everybody can see. Mm. I'm like, Lord, that's a great word, but I have no idea what that means. (laughs) And so I called the missionaries that we were working with there at the time, and I just submitted that to him. I said, hey, I don't even really know what this means, Mm -hmm. but I think God's giving us wisdom. I think he's giving us a word that we're supposed to somehow be a city on a hill. Well, two weeks later, the missionary calls me back and he says, Ben, you're not gonna believe this. I said, what? He said, well, I saw that word come to pass. He said, when you shared that with me, I thought to myself, what is the tallest building in our city uh, to be a city on a hill? Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was was this big, huge hotel tower skyscraper deal. So this guy goes to the skyscraper, just believing in faith. He's like, maybe this is from God, walks into the front desk, gets a meeting with the owner of the building. Turns out this owner is a Korean missionary (laughs) and looks back at him and says, I'm a believer, and as long as I'm the owner of this hotel, I want worship to be here. Wow. And three months into the trip, we started the church there, and that church was a city on a hill. And literally from hundreds of kilometers around, 
you could see that building from wherever you were. Yeah. Jesus knew. Mm. Jesus had a word of knowledge that he wanted to release for the moment mm. to help us. Word of wisdom. So good. All right? mm-hmm. uh, number two for us here, word of knowledge. All right, These are kind of similar, but also kind of different. Okay, Word of knowledge, I define it in this way. And also, I just want to say, I'm not claiming to have a perfect definition right. uh, of, of each you one of these. Yeah, you are not Paul. I am yeah. not Paul. <laughs> yeah. I am not Paul. Correct. Right. Yeah. Uh, word <laughs> of knowledge. To know something specific without having learned it by natural means. Hmm. Know something specific without having learned it by natural means. A great biblical example of this is in John 4. Jesus is speaking with the woman at the well, and he tells the woman, go and get your husband. Hmm. And she replies, I don't have a husband. And he replies, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. Mm -hmm. So how did Jesus know that about her? It was a word of knowledge. You say, well, of course, he's Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, of course he has word of knowledge. He had had all knowledge uh, uh, that he could ever need. But you have to remember that Jesus laid down his divinity and he picked up his humanity. Mm -hmm. So when he was on the earth, he was ministering in these different gifts. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he goes in, he goes in to be with the Father, and then he says, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to you mm-hmm. so that the same Spirit that was in me is now in you, yeah. so you too can operate in these different gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking a little bit about a word of knowledge uh, just from my own uh, personal experience, and I was reminded of about six years ago when I was on a Awaken Mission trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, shameless shout out, you should go on Awaken <laughs> Mission trips. Uh, yeah. they, they, they can walk your world. Yeah. And uh, we were in a, one of the morning sessions, and uh, we were doing some ministry time. And a little bit of context here for you. Um, I had struggled uh, with anxiousness mm-hmm. every single night that I went to bed all throughout middle school, all throughout high school and into college. And I really had this fear for whatever reason, I'm just being vulnerable, of being alone mm. when I was at night. And I literally, even in like college, bro, I could not shake it. Like wow. I, I could not, mm-hmm. I just go to bed anxious, fearful that I was going to be alone. Mm. And so flash forward, uh, my junior year, we're on this mission trip and someone comes up on stage and they say, I feel like I have a word that there's somebody here this morning who's been struggling with anxiousness every night that you go to bed and God wants to restore you Mm. and he wants to set you free. If that's you, will you raise your hand? (laughs) Well, my hand is staying in my pocket (laughs) as I'm going, I'm not going to raise my hand. I'm not going to put myself out there. My heart is beating in my chest knowing this is me. Yeah. And I look around the room and nobody's raising their hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, here we go. So the hand comes out of the pocket, raise my hand up. That guy comes off the stage and he comes down and he prays for me. And I'm not kidding, Jordan, that day I got liberated from anxiousness yeah. when wow. I went to bed at night. Mm-hmm. God gave him a word of knowledge, yeah. gave him something in the moment that was not from him. It was supernatural means. It, it, was, it was from God for somebody else. And you know what, man? When God released me from that anxiousness, all I wanted to do was turn back around and worship him mm. and honor him for healing me and restoring me uh, wow. in that way. Those those stories are so cool. And it, I mean, we, we're only starting to see this trend, but it's going to continue as we continue this conversation of just how obvious these, these gifts are meant for God's plan, God's glory, the edification of the yeah. church. You see 
uh, someone receiving a, a word of wisdom a word, and a word of knowledge and then God's kingdom coming yes. into a city or into someone's life. And yes. you, see, you see God's kingdom expanding through the use of these gifts. Um, and we see it in the, in the life of Jesus. And Jesus tells us, you know, that, that his followers will see even greater things, that, mm-hmm. uh, that he gives them the authority that he has. And this is how that's all expressed, through the Holy Spirit in us. And we're going to keep talking about it, keep stirring this faith in us, Ben. So uh, continue. After those two gifts, uh, we got a couple more that you want to talk about. That's great. Speaking of stern faith, number three is faith, the gift of didn't faith. didn't even right? know I did that. There we go. There it, we go. All right. I'm a natural. <laughs> it's my spiritual gift is segues. <laughs> it is. True. Uh, so faith, definition, a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. Supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. Now I'm going to talk about faith and I'm going to talk about gift of healings. Lots of times people describe these as the dynamic gifts because that word dynamic comes from the word dunamis, which means explosive power. Awesome. That's where we get our word dynamite from. All right. So in other words, when (laughs) we're operating in faith and healing, Mm -hmm. it's like there's power uh, that's coming from Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit to, again, um, honor God, all right? Yeah. So uh, the the gift of faith here is, I don't think this is talking about like faith in general, all right? Mm-hmm. Like we believe Jesus, we choose to follow him, we walk with him daily, all right? right. The, the, that is faith in the day-to-day. What I think this is talking about is a supernatural manifestation where the Holy Spirit brings a extra measure of faith mm. for a particular event or situation, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, similar again to what I was sharing with a word of wisdom, would it be all right with you if you were going through a difficult time in your life and the Holy Spirit gave you faith yeah. to get through it? Yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. Um, I remember in college uh, breaking up with a girl. <laughs> Getting real vulnerable. <laughs> this episode, this, <laughs> we're just opening up tonight. Yeah. Right, cool. And, Keep going. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, it, it was hard, honestly. I, I really kind of thought this girl was the one, yeah. and, you know, I had all these expectations, and there was a lot of disappointment uh, mm-hmm. from it. And did I say I broke up with her? Because actually I meant she broke up with me. I, I don't remember. <laughs> Thanks why. for clearing that up. I don't know what you said, but <laughs> for the record, yeah, let's let's be honest. Okay, on this so th- that's you. why I was disappointed, because she <laughs> broke up with me. I thought she was the one. And uh, so uh, when that happened, man, honestly, I just kind of like, went into this like little bit of a hole mm. that I just felt like I could not get out of. And I remember one day I was just walking with the Lord and I felt like the Lord spoke to me and he said, Ben, I'm going to give you faith to get through this. Mm. I'm going to help you and I'm going to walk alongside of you. And one of the things you're going to discover, Ben, is that your identity is not found in who you're dating, but in me. Yeah. And honestly, man, over the next six months, God began to restore my heart. I literally remember memorizing like 35 Bible verses on my identity in Christ during that time. And and God was restoring me and he was giving me faith Mm. to get through it. And, you know, man, there's hard things that happen in all of our lives. There's times where we have to suffer and we have to go through trials. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where we need faith. We need God to land on us and and help us through it. Uh, Another example here of faith, uh, a few years back, I was in Peru. Voy a hablar en español aquí en este podcast. Okay, all right. Uh, not going to talk in Spanish. But, um, and uh, I was out with uh, one of our students, Aiden, and we were out sharing the gospel, and we were in uh, this little cafe getting lunch, 
And at the end of our meal, I looked over at Aiden and I said, Aiden, let's just pray and ask the Lord uh, what he has for us next. Just, mm -hmm. Lord, would you, you know, lead us and guide us, would you give us wisdom? We're sitting there praying, and I feel like the Lord lays on my heart that I need to get up in front of the whole restaurant and share the gospel. <laughs> I looked back at Aiden. I said, Aiden, I don't think that's God. No. Aiden looked back at me and he said, I think it's God. <laughs> I'm like, Aiden, I'm the pastor. You're the student. Okay, that's not how this is supposed to go. A good friend does not bail you out of those terrible God callings. Yeah, like exactly. That, but. <laughs> exactly. Um, but man, when he looked back at me and he said, I believe it's from God, there was something that rose up inside of me. Mm -hmm that was affirming with that. And there was like, there was this impartation of faith for the moment of boldness. Wow. So here comes Ben and <laughs> I slide out of the, the booth and I literally, man, I get up on a chair and I just began to preach the gospel to the whole restaurant. Wow. And I just said, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I believe that Jesus loves you. He has a purpose for your life. And if there's anyone who wants to respond to that message today, I want to give you that invitation right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm looking around at the restaurant, and 90% of the people are like, weirdo. You know, <laughs> who's that guy up on the up on the deal preaching the gospel? Yeah. And, and But I give the invitation, and as I do, I say, if that's anybody here, if you want to respond, will you just raise your hand? About 10 feet in front of me. This little woman, <laughs> she raises her hand and wow. she looks up at us and she says, I need Jesus. Wow. I need Jesus. Wow. And I come off of the chair and I come down and Aiden and I just start talking with her and we start ministering to her and just encouraging her. She was going through a really hard time in her life. She responds to the gospel. She receives prayer. I mean, it is a, a heaven-touching earth moment wow. for this one woman who gave her life to Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, I say that to say, I, that is not normal. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, for me at all, but God was imparting faith for the moment because he cares about the ones and twos. Wow. And that's explosive, right? That's, that's those moments uh, where, again, you see the Holy Spirit coming in uh, and, and willing a situation uh, into being where a woman who needs Jesus is yes. at the right place and the Holy Spirit is moving in a young uh, college <laughs> pastor from Texas who's also in that place and all of a sudden there's this explosion of heaven meeting earth. Yes. Uh, it's so, so powerful and it, it goes with this next one, right? These gifts of healings, they're, they're also moments where people's lives are transformed so often where the Holy Spirit comes in power. So explain that one for us. Gifts of healings, what's that about? It's great. Gifts of healing, supernatural endowments of divine health. All right? I just want to proclaim Jesus is a healer. Yep. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Mm -hmm. So uh, we see Jesus operating in this gift all throughout the New Testament. One of my favorite examples of that is in Matthew 8, verses 1 through 3. Uh, it says, Jesus came down from the mountainside. Large crowds followed him. And suddenly a leper came and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Mm -hmm. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. And he said these three words. I love this. I am willing. Mm be clean. Yeah. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. I just want to say, if you're listening to this and you are needing healing in a particular place in your life, we believe that he's willing. Yes. We also believe that he's able. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's his timing. 
Uh, mm-hmm. some, we've talked about before, it's now and it's not yet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do experience the healing that we believe for. Sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. It's up to him. Yeah. But Jesus calls us to faith. He calls us to believe that. Mm-hmm. One of the first times this got expressed for me, um, Jordan was uh, back my freshman year in college. I, I went on a mission trip in Southeast Asia, and uh, we were out one day, and I was with one of my, my friends, my EV buddy, my evangelism buddy, yeah. and uh, we were sharing the gospel, and we ran into this guy, and he was limping around, and he had had knee pain for pretty much his entire life, and we're just getting to know him, building some relationship with him, and at mm-hmm. the end of our conversation, we just said, hey, we follow this guy named Jesus, and we believe that he's a healer. Would you just allow us to, to pray for you in the name of Jesus that you would be healed? Mm-hmm. He looks back at us, he says, sure, why not? It can't, can't hurt, I'm yeah. thinking. And yeah, you know, you're right. It can't hurt. That's right, man. <laughs> so we lay hands on him and we begin to pray for him. Well, bro, I'm not even kidding. The guy literally just starts crying as we're praying for him, as the presence of God is coming over him. He begins to shake his knee out, and literally on the sidewalk next to one of the busiest streets in this country, he starts jumping up and down, praising, Jesus has healed me. Jesus has restored me. Now, I'm freshman Ben, and my eyes are like, whoa, you know? Like, but it opened up my heart to believe Jesus is a healer. Yes. He is a restorer. Mm-hmm. And he's still working miracles yeah. in that same way today. And, you know, you might be saying, well, I, I've never seen a healing. And and one thing I would encourage you with, like, hey, are you praying for it? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you may not see the Lord restore somebody in this way if you never pray yeah. uh, for somebody, you know, for God to do that. Yeah. Um, second thing, I would venture to say that you actually probably have experienced a supernatural healing in your life. Because all of us at one point in our lives, and even still some today, struggle with this thing called sin. And Mm -hmm. and sin blocked our relationship with God. But 1 Corinthians 6.11 says that that's what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So every single one of us, Jordan, have experienced a supernatural healing. Mm-hmm. It may not be a physical one, but it's certainly a spiritual one and a spiritual renovation and renewal that's happened through the blood of Jesus. Yes. And if anything, just this conversation, we want you to just like be filled with just hope for, for these big moments in your life, right? Like that's, uh, it, it is Jesus's will to to bring those moments into your life. And so just encourage you, like Ben was saying, just like to pray boldly. I think one of the, one of the things yes. uh, I realize is like, I'm, I'm praying for things that aren't that extraordinary or, or I've put, I've limited my faith in Jesus to be just like these few things that he can do. Mm. And I'm not asking for these big, bold things that I'm really looking for, you mm. know, my, my dreams, my deep needs. Yeah. Uh, but if anything, all this just shows how, how he wants to come and he wants to do things that you never even thought yes. were possible. He wants to do things uh, that were unimaginable before. And now you've, you, you've received a greater picture of Jesus's power and his love by, by praying these things out boldly. It's good. So cool. It's good. Uh, and as well as power, sometimes uh, Jesus can bring some kind of some things that to us seem a little weird. So we're going to talk about some weird stuff here, All right. uh, or at least what people will have labeled as weird. Yes. What, what people ha- kind of steer away from things that people don't uh, don't desire as as boldly, uh-huh. but 
both you and I can attest that these things are so cool, so important, so yes. uplifting uh, yes. to us and others. So Ben, take us to these next two and our last two spiritual gifts that we're going to talk about today. That's great. Well, First Corinthians 12, it lands here and it talks about tongues and interpretation of mm. tongues. Yeah. So we're about to go there. You ready? Yep, let's do it. All right, buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> so tongues is a message from God in a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. Yeah. A message from God in a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. Mm. Now, to your point, uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues oftentimes get a bad rap right. uh, in different mm -hmm. church circles. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, there are good reasons for that sometimes yeah. because they can actually get misused. Right. And if they get misused, then they can actually lead to confusion. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about the Bible is that it helps us with clarity on right. points of confusion, right? It knew. <laughs> it knew. Shocker. God knew that this could go uh, wrong if people misuse it. And yes. It's, yeah, it's very clear. Yeah, luckily. it's very clear in 1 Corinthians 14, mm -hmm. which gives us some boundaries when talking about tongues and interpretation of tongues. And specifically, it says that if you speak out in tongues when an unbeliever or an uninformed person is around, they're going to think you're crazy. And that's why here in our little community at Antioch, although we fully embrace tongues, we right. believe in the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, you don't usually hear people just walking around shouting in tongues yeah. <laughs> because we have visitors who are unbelievers who are coming to our Sunday morning services, and we don't want to be a stumbling block for yeah. them. Now, if I'm alone in my prayer closet or I'm with a really small group of believers who have a mature understanding mm -hmm. of this gift, that might be a little bit different. But from the front and from the stage and in corporate gatherings, mm -hmm. Paul's saying that tongues is not explicitly designed to be shared unless there's an interpreter, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Yeah. But on the gift of tongues, I want to share two verses with us. The first one is Romans 8, 26. Uh, and this is speaking in tongues as a private prayer language. Uh, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. Mm -hmm. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Yeah. So this is the times, man, where you're like praying and you're believing God and you're asking God mm -hmm. and you get to the end of your own ability to express things. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, sometimes God can begin to take over yeah. through what it describes here as groanings, which cannot be uttered. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember um, uh, about seven years back, mm -hmm. uh, I was, all my testimonies are from mission trips. Yeah, here, if you so. didn't know, Ben Ben has been on missions a few times. Uh, so you don't have to go on a mission trip to walk in spiritual gifts. Right. I yes. just want to say that. Uh, but anyway, uh, and uh, I got detained. <laughs> it happened, all right? Yeah. So uh, mm -hmm. it was a total miscommunication and that the, the students that we were sharing the gospel with uh, overseas, they thought that we were, for some reason, paying them to to like convert to Christianity. So oh. it was an odd situation, uh, which was not the case at all. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we got to, we got detained and they took us in and they, uh, 
they let us sit down at this long table in this room that was at this like police facility. And so we're sitting back there, uh, me and my teammates, and we're praying for literally about three hours. We're asking, God, get us out of here. God, we don't want to be here. You know, God, help them understand what was really going on because mm-hmm. uh, we were just having trouble trouble with language barrier. Yeah. And uh, after about three hours, I began to get a little bit concerned because the sun was starting to go down. I'm like, I'm not sure if we're going to actually leave here tonight. And as I'm sitting there, man, I'm just crying out to God, 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 come, Lord. And I just begin to speak Mm -hmm. in tongues. And I knew it was God because His peace and His presence was accompanied by that. Mm -hmm. And there was an intimacy with the Lord that was going on when that was happening. And I wasn't like shouting it out, but it was just kind of under my breath. Mm -hmm. Well, 30 minutes later, the head general of the facility walks in and he says, you're free to go. Mm -hmm. Never explained to us the situation. But (laughs) the reason I say that is because in my own ability in praying, there was a moment where I got to the end of myself yeah and god began to take over mm. and then there was supernatural power that was released in that moment i really do believe that i stepped into like a deeper place of warring with god and yeah. intercession mm. uh through that so uh, that's tongues as a private prayer language the second verse i want to share with you is first corinthians 14 14 uh this is tongues as personal edification it's uh, mm. paul speaking he says anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, Mm -hmm. but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So we talked all about prophecy Mm -hmm. last time. I encourage you to check that out. Uh, But this is speaking in tongues. It's it's intended to edify the person. And, you know, I can't tell you, man, the number of times where I've been spending time with the Lord and I just take three or four minutes to speak in the, sp- in the spiritual language that the Lord has given me and how encouraging that is and how that builds me up and how that just helps align my heart and my mind and my spirit with the Lord mm-hmm. and what he has for me uh, in the day. Yeah. And, you know, the Lord releases this gift in, in different ways. You and I even have had different experiences yeah. when, it, when it comes to this. Totally. And for me, I was praying for the gift of tongues like beginning in my freshman year mm-hmm. and I didn't really begin to walk in it until my my junior year in college yeah. and it wasn't like I was doing something wrong right. it's just it wasn't God's timing for me yeah. and you know I just want to also say you don't have to speak in tongues at all <laughs> you know like yeah. if the Lord if you desire it and if the Lord chooses to release you amen mm-hmm. uh, but I know you've ha- also had a little different yeah. experience with yeah it too. I was on I was on the flip side where I was uh, grew up knew nothing about it uh, there was a an encounter night. We were praying for gifts, and there was four stations, and I went to the other three, and I'm like, <laughs> I'll take those three, and then there was the tongues corner, and I'm like, oh, I guess we got time. I'll go pray. And I, in a powerful encounter, received the uh, gift of tongues. So it's awesome. it happens both ways. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that is tongues, a message from God in a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. And then the last one here that Paul describes to us is interpretation of tongues. Mm-hmm. Now, interpretation is understanding and expressing the thought or the intent of the message in tongues. Mm-hmm. Now, notice we have tongues and we have interpretation of tongues. Uh, so it's interpretation and not translation of tongues. Interpretation, I think, is expressing the thought or the intent of what the person just said. But translation is word for word. Like if I start to speak in Spanish, you translate word for word in English, right? Uh, You might need a 
supernatural gift of languages to, <laughs> yeah. to, to be able to do that. But someone, someone might be able to. Yeah, maybe the Lord would do that. <laughs> um, so if Charlotte asked me how my day was, all right, I'll usually say something pretty short. Yeah. Pretty good. You know, it's a right. good day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I ask her what her day was, <laughs> I'm going to get some more information, right? right? right. Like, what she had for breakfast? <laughs> if she went to Summer Moon or Starbucks <laughs> yeah. or avocado? Not avocado. Avocado. Uh, avocado. <laughs> not avocado. <laughs> There's not a There's going to be a riot in the streets because of what you've done. Because of what I just said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so her interpretation of her day is going to be long. My interpretation mm-hmm. of my day is going to be short. All right, so it's an interpretation, not a translation. Yeah. Um, a good example of this, I remember uh, in college for me, I was in a, a worship setting um, at a church, and this is the first time I'd experienced this, and someone came up on stage, and they gave what they felt like was a corporate tongue, hmm. which according to 1 Corinthians 14, 5, is the biblical, there's a biblical way of doing it. So yeah. she came up and she gave a corporate tongue, mm-hmm. and someone else was in the room who had the gift of interpretation. Wow. And so they got up on stage. Now, the the corporate tongue that was delivered was very short. It was about 20 seconds long. But then the other person came up on stage, and they gave it an interpretation. And Jordan, when they gave an interpretation, it was like the presence of God just came in the room. And it went on. The interpretation was about three minutes long, Mm. what they were saying. And, I mean, literally she gave it, and then we went into ministry time, and people were flocking to respond to the word of the Lord that <laughs> wow. the Lord was speaking to us. So cool. And it was so encouraging, mm-hmm. you know, and, but it was being exercised in a safe and healthy way. Mm-hmm. The way that first Corinthians 14, five says it when it says, I wish all of you spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied for he who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So Paul says, unless there's an interpreter, Mm -hmm. and then it's similar to the gift of prophecy, which is intended to edify the church. And everybody who was there that evening, including myself, we got edified (laughs) by the Lord (laughs) and the interpretation that took place. So that's tongues and interpretation of tongues. Cool. Man, and just all these these different expressions uh, just really radiate just faith and gratitude that that God is still so uh, involved in his church, that the yes. Holy Spirit comes and, and brings his power and his grace and his love. And I think really just the best way to kind of land this conversation about spiritual gifts uh, is the same place that Paul lands. In all those three major passages that we talk about, um, that 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, as soon as he talks about spiritual gifts, he always brings it back to the same place. Uh, yes. It seems that he kind of sees a human tendency to take spiritual gifts down two kind of destructive paths, and that's w- comparison and mm. apathy. Now, yeah. Not a shocker that we would do <laughs> totally. something like that with a gift from God. But um, in order to protect them from comparison, like feeling mm. ashamed of their gifts or overly proud of their gifts, he uses that metaphor of the body, the church being a, a body, mm. uh, Christ's body. And uh, he says, you know, you can't feel like a lesser part. Yeah. You know, you can't be a foot wishing that you were a hand. And, and you shouldn't look down on others. You know, you can't be a head saying, I cannot, uh, the feet doesn't affect me. The foot doesn't affect me. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. the foot because I'm a head or anything like that. He, he pleads with us not to compare these gifts because the gift that the church most needs from you is the one that the Holy Spirit wanted to give you. Amen. You know, the gift that Jesus needs you to operate in so that his body can be whole is the gift that he bestowed upon you. These yes. gifts 
are simply way too important for you to waste your gift wishing you had another gift yeah. or trying to walk in another gift yeah. that you don't have. Yeah. Uh, and, re- and to keep believers from exercising their gifts in, in coldness, apathy, detachment for their own kind of glorification. Mm. Paul gives that famous <laughs> exhortation to love in 1 Corinthians 13. Mm. If you've been to a wedding, you've heard this. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he makes it so, so clear. Yes. I mean... Uh, if you speak in, in tongues of men or of angels, but you don't have love, you're a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Yeah. I think he makes it clear what the priority there is love, right? Yes. Uh, without love, you're at least an annoying sound, you know, like a resounding gong or yeah. a clanging cymbal. At most, you're damaging. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're really interfering with people's faith, you know? Uh, if you have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge— if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. Yeah. You know, your wisdom and knowledge and generosity and faithfulness, they do nothing if it's not done in love. Yeah. So so no spiritual gifts are not your opportunity to flex your <laughs> spiritual muscles or anything like that, but they're opportunities for divine, supernatural expressions of love. Amen. So we want to encourage all of you guys, man, eagerly desire these gifts. Yes. We've said it over and over again. We acknowledge that this is really new content for a lot of people yeah. uh, if you're coming to college and didn't know about this stuff uh, but man just start praying into it and ju- yeah. just ask the Holy Spirit to manifest in new ways in your life they, he wants to you know so so pray for giftings to be poured out or for you to to grow in the gift that you have received but man just always always embrace your gift that the Spirit has willed to give you and then yes. use them to express divine love to those around you. Because that's, um, that's what they're all about. So, Amen. Yeah. Uh, hey, thank you guys so much for listening. Come back next time where Ben and I will be discussing the rest of the gifts of the Spirit, so those motivational and ministerial gifts, uh, as well as spend some time giving you all practicals for discovering what your gifts are, for walking in your spiritual right. gifts. Ben, Ben's getting excited. He loves his Come practicals. On. Uh, so that <laughs> is coming next time. But until then, this has been the AFW College Podcast. We'll see you next time.